Welcome to the radio ministry of Cedar Grove United Methodist Church. May God fill you and transform you through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now for some music and then Pastor Brian Bowley. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, 
the seventh chapter. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, we're going to begin today with a story from the book of Numbers, the 11th chapter. In the days of Moses, when the people of Israel were lost in the wilderness, the Lord had sent the people manna to eat. The Bible tells us it was like coriander, coriander seed, and it looked like resin. The people gathered it, they cooked it in a pot or made it into loaves, and it tasted like it was made with olive oil. Every morning there was more of it on the ground waiting there for them. To the 600,000 people who were lost in the desert, it was a miracle. It was nutritious, it was filling food like bread. But you know, miracles grow old when seen repeatedly, like sunrises and sunsets, like the sound of birds calling in the early morning, like the presence of a church body who are glad to see us, who love us, who are kind, like the rain that falls often enough, just often enough, alternating with sunshine so we can mow or raise vegetables or grow flowers and allow us to live in a green land instead of in a desert or in a swamp. Miracles that we see repeatedly stop being miraculous to us and become boring, like living in a town where violent deaths are still remarkable when they happen, where we aren't surrounded by gangs who hold us up and rob us whenever we leave our homes, where everyone who chooses to work can find a job, where those who can't work are taken care of, where we don't dream about where our next meal is coming from, but instead dream about our new car. Yeah, the ordinary daily miracles of our life can grow old and we begin to despise the gifts of God. This is what happened with the manna. The people grew bored with the manna, the miracle food from heaven, and they began to complain. They wanted meat. And they blamed all of their problems, real or imagined, upon Moses. So Moses asked God for help, and Mo God told Moses to bring the 70 elders of Israel to the tent of meeting. And Moses asked, God, where are we going to find the herds that are needed to feed 600,000 people? And God said to Moses, in essence, is my arm too short? Just watch me. And so Moses told everyone what the Lord had said and brought the 70 elders to the tent. And then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke with him and took some of the power of the Holy Spirit that was on Moses and put it on the 70 elders. And they prophesied. They spoke on behalf of God. But they did not do it again, the Bible tells us. But two of the elders, 
They, did, they didn't go to the tent. They stayed in the camp, yet the Spirit came upon them in the camp and they prophesied. They spoke the words of God in the camp. Well, this upset a couple of Moses' loyal followers, including Joshua. He ran to Moses and he told what was going on. He said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses said, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put the Spirit on them. Well, the next day, quail were blown into the camp by the Lord's wind, three foot deep all around the camp, for miles in any direction. People gathered quail for two days, gathering over 3,000 pounds each, and they all had roasted quail. And I'm sure somebody sat down to make this, this cookbook, 30 Ways to Cook, cook Quail. But God... God also sent a deadly plague, which killed many people in those days. God, you see, had shown that he could provide any food the people needed with the manna and food the people craved with the quail. They just needed to trust in God to provide what they needed. But God also showed that he hated complainers. This is one of the first episodes of the Holy Spirit being sent to the people of God. On the evening of the resurrection, Jesus had breathed upon the assembled group of disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, the same word pneuma was, that was used in the Greek language of the day, it could mean spirit, or it could mean wind, or it could mean breath. So he could have just as easily said, Receive the holy breath. And just as God had breathed his breath into Adam and given him life, now Jesus breathed upon the disciples and gave them a new life and power with the Spirit. But as long as Jesus was present, you know, nothing much happened with the disciples. In fact, he told a larger group of about a hundred, about a hundred or so, go back to Jerusalem and wait there after I ascend to heaven. Wait there to receive power with the Holy Spirit. And then 40 days after the, his resurrection and new life, Jesus returned to heaven. For the next 10 days, the disciples obeyed him. They gathered together in an upper room in Jerusalem, probably the same place where they'd eaten the Last Supper. At Peter's urging, they replaced Judas the traitor with Matthias, chosen as a witness to the entire three years of Jesus' ministry, and they selected him finally by drawing lots. Matthias drew the short straw, and the group continued to pray, and it was then... It was the morning of the 50th day, the day of the festival of first fruits. Shavuot, it says, is called in Hebrew, or weeks. It's held seven weeks after Passover. Because it was the 50th day, it was also called Pentecost. This was the day when good Jews brought their first fruits from their early harvest to Jerusalem to the temple. The day that the winter spring, the winter wheat harvest ended in the spring. But in Jewish history, this day was also the day of many great events. It was traditionally said to be the day that the great flood began and also the day that Noah walked out of the ark. It was the day that Moses brought the law down from God. And because of the disobedience of the people who had decided to worship a golden calf, 3,000 people died that day. 3,000 people. 
It was traditionally both the birthday and the death day of King David, the greatest king of Israel in Old Testament days. And so that morning of the 50th day, the disciples were gathered in prayer in the upper room, and suddenly it happened. There was a sound like the rushing of a mighty wind, and tongues of fire descended upon the heads of all the disciples. They began to praise God in loud voices, which brought a crowd running to them. And soon they became aware that their praises to God were being spoken in different languages. As more and more people gathered, new languages were spoken, even by people who did not know those languages. But the new people heard God being praised in their own language. It's as if we began to praise God in English, but so loudly that people from the neighborhood came to join us. And there were people there from China and India and Pakistan. And we began to praise God not only in English, but in Chinese and Hindi and Urdu. A couple of Frenchmen came running up and Donna stood up and began praising God in French. And here came some Arabs and Larry stood up and began to praise God in Arabic and so on. And on the day of Pentecost, at least 15 different languages are mentioned, plus the native Aramaic that was spoken by most Jews of the day. It was so wild and so crazy that someone in the crowd shouted that the group must be drunk. Well, Peter reacted. You know Peter always reacts. He reacted with his normal boldness by yelling back in a ship's captain's voice, trained to shout over crashing waves and howling winds, But this time, Peter did not make the stupid statement like he usually did. He didn't make the stupid comment like he'd made over the previous three years. No, Peter's leadership skills really came into place that day. He organized the other 11 disciples with him. Maybe he had them stand behind, repeating his words as a group together. They stood with him as Peter shouted back to the gathering crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then Peter, Peter preached a sermon that resulted in 3,000 men becoming baptized Christian believers. 3,000 people had died on the day that the law was brought down due to their disobedience. But 3,000 people who obeyed got new life the day of Pentecost. And the world has never been the same since. For the Holy Spirit... The holy breath of God, the holy wind has swept across this planet, filling people with life and hope, wisdom and guidance. We all know that Pentecost 
is about the arrival of the Holy Spirit. We've been coming to the church for years. It's poured out upon mass to the early Christians. But many people are less certain about just what the Holy Spirit is. So let's cover some basics. We all know the three-part Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Father is the source of all creation without a physical body. The Son is Jesus Christ, God who has a human body and walked upon the earth and will in the future. The Holy Spirit can also be thought of as God's breath or the Holy Wind that proceeds from God the Father and from Jesus. The original Greek allows all three translations of the Greek word pneuma, spirit or breath or wind. A way to think about this is that God the Father is like a water pump. God the Christ, also known as the Word of God or Jesus, is like an intelligent water hose guiding the water to do good. And God the Holy Spirit is the water that moves into the world. Biblically speaking, we first see the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters in the beginning, in Genesis 1-2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The next appearance of the Holy Spirit is in chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And here we see the holy breath gives life. The Spirit spoken of a third time in Genesis. This time, Genesis 41, 38. Joseph has just interpreted Pharaoh's dreams of seven fat years and seven lean years. Joseph has suggested putting the surplus away for the coming famine time. And Pharaoh asked his officials, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? And so we see the wisdom given by the Holy Spirit. In later years, we see the Holy Spirit leading men to prophesy, that is, speak on behalf of God with power and wisdom. We see gifts of charismatic leadership being first given to King Saul and then to King David by the Holy Spirit. And by the way, the original word charisma refers to the divine gift or favor that a person has received and attractiveness given by the Holy Spirit of God. In the New Testament, Paul gives us a detailed lesson in 1 Corinthians 12. He said, first of all, therefore I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit given to baptized Christians through the laying on of hands distributes different gifts to each person. It says now, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That's why we get the Spirit. It's for the common good. To one is given the, through the Spirit a message of wisdom. What path should we take? To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Knowledge is just facts. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of languages. And to still another, the interpretation of languages. 
All of these are the works of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And then he goes on to say, just as a body has many parts, but is one, all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We're all baptized by one Spirit, so it's form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one Spirit to drink. Now, maybe the most common gift that we receive from the Holy Spirit is to have a good, quiet voice that directs our thoughts through God's wisdom into the right path and protects us. When we have the Holy Spirit, if we listen carefully and we tune out our own wants and desires, we'll hear way in the back of our mind the quiet whisper of the Holy Spirit telling us the right way to turn, especially when we need to make difficult decisions. For to the baptized believer, the most difficult decisions are the ones where the voice of the Spirit is whispering to us, do the right thing, turn to the right path. While our much louder self is saying, but that would be difficult. It'll cost me. It's scary. And deep in your mind, is that holy voice still saying, but it's the right thing to do. Listen to me and do the right thing. We never had that quiet voice before we turned to Jesus and were baptized and hands laid upon us. We need to listen more and more to that quiet voice. It's as though God the Father is out there, but we can't communicate well with Father. In fact, we don't even want to communicate with Father we just, as a natural person, we just want God the Father to give us what we want. That is, until Jesus Christ came along and we believed and we were baptized and we received the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands, it's like we're given a special form of cell phone by Christ, allowing us to communicate with God the Father. But there's more. For imagine that each cell phone given by Christ has been customized with a special set of applications just for each of us. One person has a cell phone with Google's knowledge. Another's given a cell phone with a translation program, allowing all incoming languages to be understood. And still a third person gets a cell phone with control over all the music. Another's got a direct connection to the best psychologist in the world, while still another has an evil detector. And another allows the user to speak in all sorts of languages. Another has a wisdom application, allowing the user to make the best decisions and give the best advice. And every once in a while, a person's given a cell phone with a medical application that not only diagnoses illnesses, but has the medicine pre-packed for specific or many illnesses. I once knew a man who could heal rheumatoid arthritis by prayer and touch. Not other types of arthritis, not anything else, just rheumatoid arthritis. The gifts of the Holy Spirit can be very specific. There were multiple people who told us about his healing touch. But everyone receives gifts. And it's our duty to figure out what our gifts are and then to use them to help everyone we can or the church as a whole. Maybe your gift is music. Maybe your gift's teaching. Maybe your gift is carpentry. Maybe your gift is making the world's best mashed potatoes. Or your gift is growing and arranging flowers. I know a woman with that gift. 
Maybe God has given you the ability to look at a person and almost see their emotional status. You can see where they're hurting. Maybe God's Spirit has allowed you to make far more money than the average person or allowed you to live far more frugally than the average person. Those are gifts. Maybe you've, just, you've been given what you think of as just the gift of a strong back and the love of working outdoors, but you know a lot of people can't do that. Or perhaps you have the gift of being able to cheer people up over the phone. Me? People tell me I've got the gift of being able to take complicated things and explain them to other people. Sandra has the gift of being able to walk into a room and bring joy. Now, you know, Sandra and I, we watch old movies. And recently, we've been watching a bunch of old westerns. And I noticed by watching them, there's a big, been a big change between then and today. In the westerns, if someone needed help, they had to hope that the cavalry was on its way or a stranger would ride by. Or they had to send a messenger to the town for the doctor or to the fort for the army. Timmy, run into town and bring us old doc so-and-so. Today we have cell phones that connect in most places directly to the help we need. And that's the difference between the days when we were unbelievers, not baptized, not having received the Holy Spirit. We, in those days, we had to turn to someone else to pray to God for us. We had to ask someone else to send for help from God. We might even have had to seek out someone who knew God and ask them if they would do something for us Would they talk to God. But with the Holy Spirit, we're all connected directly with God. We can talk and we can hear, like carrying the perfect cell phone. And we've all... We're all given that miraculous, marvelous power that flows from God the Father, directed by Jesus the Son, and into us by the Holy Spirit. That marvelous power to do good in the world. And to know deep down in our hearts, because the Spirit is speaking to us, to know that we are doing the right thing. Know that if hands have been laid upon you during your baptism, that you're connected to God through the Holy Spirit that blows across the world. And if you have not been baptized or have not received the Holy Spirit, come and see me and we'll do our best to correct that missing piece. And now today, what I'd like you to do is sit quietly for just a moment or two and do as I've been trying to learn to do, to let God better direct me through the voice of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, we are here. We're listening for your voice. Tell us what we should do this week, this summer, this fall. What does Father want each of us to do? What does Father want all of us to do together? Speak to us through your voice. Thank you for your messages. Remind us daily that we may do your will. Continue to speak to us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. There is another name for the Spirit, and that is the Comforter. He is said to be our advocate and our counselor and our comforter. 
So join me today as we sing, The Comforter Has Come. Methodist Church and Pastor Brian Boley would like to thank you for listening to last week's pre-recorded sermon. Join us live this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and on Facebook. We are located on Route 47, a mile and a half east off I-77, just across from WVU Parkersburg campus. Donations may be mailed to Cedar Grove UMC, 168 Old Turnpike Road, Parkersburg, West Virginia, 26104. Or you can text the word GIVE to 1304-244-1903 or visit our website, cedargroveunitedmethodist.org and click on the GIVE tab. This will bring up a form where you can determine how much you would like to give. Thank you and God bless you in your life.